everybody. Welcome to the Dream Life Podcast. I'm Tiffany Paul. I'm a mom, wife, and entrepreneur, and of course, dreamer. Join me here each week to have conversations about what it means to create the life of your dreams. To me, a dream life is about so much more than just the stuff we have or the things we've accomplished or achieved. It's really about a feeling. It's about creating a life that we love living. And I do think it's possible to enjoy the journey on our way to these big dreams we have for ourselves. Why wait? But I also know it isn't easy. So join me here each week to talk about it. I'll be sharing the ups and the downs of creating a dream life. Get ready to get real, dream big, and feel good. This is the Dream Life Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Dream Life Podcast. So, yesterday I talked about the waiting that is involved as you chase down those big dreams and create the life of your dreams. And today I am going to share one of those big wins that came in between a lot and a lot of waiting. And that is my weighted eye mask. Number one is going to be going into Urban Outfitters. We just shipped our very first PO last week, and I couldn't be more excited. I started this outreach to them like six months ago when it was just launching, letting them know, hey, this is what's new, and you could be one of the first retail partnerships. And the reality is most retailers aren't going to A, respond to your first email, and B, take in a very brand new brand. They want to give you time to build some credibility in the market, or they're just really busy and it will take a long time for them to get back. But it's just that first touch point. And then from there, it was four months of following up every two, three weeks, more on the three-week side, so I could be a little less of a stalker. But it is a time-consuming process. So today I want to break down for those of you who are also trying to get into retailers or it's something that maybe in the future you might be interested in. And I want to break down kind of what that process looks like so you can have a better idea what it takes to get into retail as a small business owner. Now, I spent 10 years at Procter & Gamble where I called on well-known retailers with well-known brands like Pampers and Tide and Crest and Life of a small business trying to get the attention of a retailer is completely different and probably the hardest transition I had because as someone who's just used to having the buyer contact information and having them prioritize you because you can't have a laundry category without Tide or a diaper category without Pampers, it's not the same for these small businesses. And while the buyers are always looking for new innovation in a category, they are getting a lot of pitches and they're very, very busy. I can tell you even back in the day at Procter & Gamble, getting a response from my buyer was like pulling teeth. So it's just that much harder when you are an unknown brand they've never talked to and they are super busy. And so I'm going to share some tips on what worked for me, what the process looks like, just so you can have a little more visibility into what it looks like to get your product in retail doors. So the first step is figuring out who is the buyer. It is not something that they make easy for you to figure out. 
They don't want a bunch of cold emails, you know? And so you have to be a little more creative in getting the buyer's name and the email. And so the first thing you can do is go into LinkedIn and just do some general searching around the name of the retailer and just the word buyer. Or if you know the category you're in, for example, like wellness buyer, beauty buyer, skincare buyer, you can start searching on LinkedIn. If you have some mutual connections, you can also ask for an introduction from a friend. If you have their name, then you can start guessing their email handle and you can also even Google like what is the email format for Nordstrom or Bed Bath & Beyond or you can just try a whole bunch of different things like last name dot first name last initial dot you know all those different formats you see try it out and I've actually seen that even within a single organization they don't always have the same email format because buyers will change their email sometimes because you know just to kind of start fresh and cut the cord with all those random cold emails they've been getting so you have to experiment and so I will just like send the same email like with five different formats until hopefully it goes through so First step is figuring out the buyer's name and then guessing their email address. The other way I've had success in figuring out who the buyers are is through different networks online, like the Female Founder Collective, Hey Mama, where they have like forums where you can post, hey, does anybody have a connection for the Nordstrom, you know, wellness buyer? And that has been helpful in sometimes identifying the name or possibly an intro. And then the third way that I get the contacts is through expos. And so right now, obviously, we're not meeting in person. So a lot of the expos are online, which is good and bad. It's good in the fact that a lot of these expos are now available to you. Typically in the past, you'd have to travel to a city and pay for the flight and the hotel and food while you're there. And so it adds up really quickly. And it's a lot of energy being there, like for multiple days, talking with all these people, trying to, you know, bump into these random buyers, and then you have to pay to build out your booth. So they get very expensive. They're very time intensive. And there's no guarantee you're even going to run into the right buyers. But the advantage is when you do run into somebody you've been hoping that you'd bump into, that you can build that personal connection. And if they like you and you can do your little elevator pitch and they're truly interested, when you go to follow up with them via email, they're going to remember your conversation and be way more likely to respond versus a cold email. I, with my first travel business, got into Nordstrom Rack because I attended the travel show and I ran into the Nordstrom Rack buyer. I also ran into the Target buyer, but she was like, I'm busy. I only take appointments. So that also was a lesson to me to learn that going to expos doesn't necessarily guarantee that if they market to you, like, oh, Target's going to be here, Nordstrom or whoever is your dream retailer, those big guys don't always just walk the show. They typically will have appointments with like their biggest and best partners to see what's new. So they it's a great way for them to see a lot of their partners in one space. They're not always there to look for new product. Well, they're not looking to just bring on any random brand. And I totally get that, but it was worth trying. I also want to share my stocking strategy in case we ever do get back to expos. So because you can't rely on these buyers to roam the show, you kind of have to wander yourself. So hoping that you might run into them in the aisle. And that's where I bumped into, aka was kind of stalking the Nordstrom Rack buyer. And I was like, oh my gosh, hey. And then I gave him my elevator pitch and I was like, we're down in this aisle. I would love if you could stop by our booth. And she eventually did come back. 
funny story about that though is like I was doing one of my laps where I was wandering around trying to bump into people and through like the sliver the crack between two booths I saw them at my booth my booth was like a hundred yards away though and I sprinted like literally ran all the way up to the booth my phone fell out like halfway through I was like fuck it who cares and I went up to the booth and I was like out of breath like hey oh my god I'm so happy that you guys came back my name is Tiffany and is my product and it was so awkward but I think they just felt bad for me but they been I made a I made a moment and they remembered me and they took the product in and it was a great partnership until you know 2020 eliminated travel but that was how I got into Nordstrom Rack which was one of the biggest retailers I'd had some luck with I also got the contact information for Bed Bath & Beyond and the container store while I was there so definitely worth it so moving on to virtual expos since that's where a lot of expos are moving these days the hardest part with that is that you're not making these human connections that I'm talking about and so you may get a list of buyers afterwards but they've never met you even if they happen to attend the entire show which let's be real they probably are not but even if they happen to catch like your part or your product that's not the same as a personal connection and even if they did tune in for maybe your virtual presentation or something it's just not the same as meeting somebody one-on-one and so we recently did the founder made virtual expo and the advantage is you know I got like 50 different retailers and their email addresses so I can now follow up with them for the next couple months but I have been following up for months and I haven't even heard back from one yet which is all very normal I'm going to get into that in the next point but that is a great way to get buyer information because even in-person shows they often will email you all of the attendees in the past and their email addresses. And this virtual show, they didn't necessarily all attend the show. So that was also the harder part that made the list a little less useful and valuable. So those are the ways that I work towards getting the buyer contact information. And then the next step is following up. And this typically takes you guys like months and months. I even had people I've had a follow up with for years. When I was trying to get my travel product into the Hudson News shops at all the airports, that was obviously a big account. And I worked on them for years and years and years. I mean, like four years. I tried all these creative ways to get their attention and I would like research the buyer. I found out he has kids who played basketball or he coached basketball or something like that. And every once in a while, he would respond back to me with like, oh yeah, like send me your new packaging or yeah, we are evaluating the category. So he kind of kept in touch and he always kind of gave me that opening, you know? Like there was a small chance he would bring me into this major retailer in airports nationwide. And around year four, I was like, I need to pull out the big guns. And I offered him, I told him I have season tickets to the Timberwolves, which I don't because we had gone back and forth about how I'm from Minnesota. And I'm like, oh, we, you know, our family, we have this set that we can't use. I know you coach your son's basketball. And I would love to offer these four tickets to your family. And he was like, sure. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. After four years, if he's going to take these four tickets, this is a good sign. Not a guarantee that would ever be in distribution, but just truly considered versus going back and forth, back and forth. So I give him the tickets. I'm so excited. I 
I wait for him to say thank you and we'll look at your product and I hear nothing. So I follow up and I'm like, hey, how was the game? I hope you had so much fun. And then, you know, on and on for a couple weeks and never heard anything back. And I honestly am like, this is so weird because he has been communicating with me back and forth. And you just took four tickets for the Timberwolves to take your entire family. And this guy just didn't seem like he would just totally ghost me, even though it's not completely out of, out of the question. And so I looked him up on LinkedIn, and that same month, he moved to an entirely different company. So I took this big, bold move that, hey, it could have worked out if he had stayed there, but he moved companies. So that was bad luck on my end, but just an idea of like, you're following up with these buyers forever sometimes, and you got to get creative around how you can get their attention. I would do similar moves with like some other buyers where I would be like, hey, I'm in your area. I'm in your city this week. Can I bring you for coffee on Thursday? And I was like not in their city (laughs) at all. And they'd be like, sure. And so I'd fly out there and take them to coffee. So there are creative things you can do around getting their attention. And if you're not like year four and five trying to like jump on planes and buy people Timberwolves tickets. You don't have to do that. That was just the levels I was at to try to get into some of my dream retailers. So get creative because it's really easy for them just to ignore your email. They're super busy. The next thing you want to do is build credibility around your brand. Keep updating your buyer on any milestones and wins that you have, especially if you have a PR company. I would often send every piece to Urban Outfitters that we got to give them a glimpse into the fact that we were investing in this brand, we were creating buzz, we were making progress. And so when we got into Urban, it's because for months I followed up with them and I showed them, hey, this is our lure feature. This is our pop sugar feature. Hey, this week we're in Zoe Report. Hey, we're in Vogue. And so continually following up with them with our progress and our press mentions is a great reason to follow up. So you're not just like, hey, following up, checking in, checking in again. Now that I have Urban, I will probably follow up with some of my other buyers and say, hey, just wanted to update you that now we're in Urban. So, or if we sell out of Urban, I'll be like, hey, we're sold out at Urban Outfitters. So keeping in touch with them, letting them know your progress, building credibility with them. Hey, the celebrity mentioned us. Hey, this press feature. And then just keeping going, keep following up. If you haven't heard from them in like five, six months, that doesn't mean give up. That means keep trying. Like if you haven't heard a no, you have to keep trying. So that is key. Persistence pays off. And the last little piece of advice I will offer here is around packaging. So if you do want a retail partnership, you are going to have to consider what type of packaging is going to fit on their shelf and where you are going to be placed in the store. And then from there, be ready to either offer them a sample of what that retail packaging looks like or have it produced and ready to go. It is a really big investment. And from my experience with retail packaging, like to pay for somebody to design it and print it, it definitely puts uh, added costs onto the product itself. And if you don't order in like quantities of a thousand, your retail packaging can be like two or $3 added cost per unit. So consider that when you are pricing your wholesale margins and all of that. And just to give you guidance on pricing for wholesale, it is typically 55% margin 
or more. Urban does ask us to give them 55% and then cover shipping. So you aren't making as much. You want to make sure that you're covering all of your costs, the cost to ship the product, the cost of the retail packaging, so you're not negotiating opportunity where you're losing money. Wholesale margins are less than if you were to sell the product direct to consumer, but the advantage is that they will often buy in bigger quantities, and when you are able to manufacture your item in bigger quantities, you can get the cost down, so that's going to help your margins. And of course, you know, selling a lot at a time is more exciting than selling like one at a time on your website or through your digital marketing campaign. So Wholesale is a really great way to grow sales and build your business, but it takes time to get the attention from the buyers and get a yes. And then once you get in, you need to hope that it sells, right? So we're not like in the clear just because we got into Urban Outfitters. We need it to sell. And ideally, we would love if other retailers saw it in there and maybe they reach out or respond to our emails. So I'm incredibly excited for this big win. But we are not over the hill yet. The margins are low. It's just one retailer. In order to make real money, you really need to scale with a bunch of different retailers. So that is the plan for Slept. We are so excited for this big win. We have to celebrate every single one. And if you have any questions about getting your product into retail, different expos that you should maybe attend or retail packaging or pros and cons of you know working with a retailer or offering wholesale as part of your business, reach out. I am always happy to help you grow your business. So in the meantime, guys, keep on dreaming big. You got this. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it so far, could you do me a quick favor and write a review? Even if you're like the type of person that never writes reviews, it'll take like just one minute. Reviews really help out a new podcast like mine get visibility. And plus, I want to hear what you think. In fact, if you screenshot your review and DM it to me on Instagram at dreamlifepodcast, I will give you a $10 credit towards my online sleep shop, thesleplife.com. And you can pick out something amazing to add to your bedtime routine as my way of saying thank you. So please write a review. Make sure you're subscribed so that you are notified each and every time a new episode drops. And don't forget, keep on dreaming big. You got this. 